is Amalia Eon Karras. This is Satya, and you're listening to, to Love, Love, Sex, and, and the, the Hidden, Hidden Agenda. Agenda. Our podcast was created with the sole intention to release toxic shame, illuminate our shadow nature, and expose the mysterious entities that feed off our most precious life force, our sexual energy. To learn more about our life-enhancing courses and transformational retreats, visit knowtheself.com. Let's dive in. Hey, Katya. Hello, Amalia. <laughs> hello, hello. Okay, so I want to talk today about when to cut toxic ties with people, when to cut people out of our lives, because I... I've been hearing a lot of people talking about this. I've had to do it a number of times. I've been having this like kind of um, discussion with my boyfriend who doesn't think he needs to cut anyone out of his life. Um, he feels that that's weird. And I'm kind of of this opinion, like, you know, I've had to do it out of mere survival. So I want to hear your opinion and like, what do you think about cutting people out of your life or, you know, when have you done it? And when do you think you, you need to do it? All those things. Let's jump in. Uh, let's jump in. So I, I think we should talk about this particularly around like relationships, you know, being in a relationship and talking with like a girl talking with other guys or a guy talking with other girl or if you're gay a girl talking with other girls guys talking with other guys like that yeah, kind of thing. so like being in touch with like having friends that you're attracted to or talking to exes or things like that exes that you've had sex with Ex all of lovers that. partners yeah like do you cut do you cut your exes out of your life like Most when you're done you're done Mostly, yeah. I don't, I don't keep relationships going and keep in touch with them and have regular conversations with them. I think that's really shady. And I think that that is uh, like you're trying to get something from them or you want to keep them on the sideline or you want to, you like their, the attention from them. Also, yeah, I don't, I, yeah, I don't know what the deal is. I mean, in a way, I think we live in a, in a, a narcissistic society. I think all of us, in one way or another, we're born needing all this attention and, you know, things centered around us and we do things for attention. And, you know, we're only just beginning in our country and our world to really understand narcissism. People are talking about it right now. It's a big buzzword. Um, you know, people are trying to identify, you know, people they've been in relationships as narcissists or having narcissistic traits and all this. I think that there's a huge spectrum of narcissism and it can get, it can be really, really bad. And it can be the type that, you know, that you see in movies where they're just completely abusive or the types where they, you know, there's just constant philanders, constantly cheating. Um, you know, we used to think like, oh, men had like a license to cheat and this is, you know, but maybe it's just those men were just narcissistic, you know, and just needed to have the attention of, of a woman all the time or so. Yeah. So there's that angle. But I kind of think it's that funny I, I have this I have a joke with my boyfriend where um, I'm like, oh, are you keeping someone in the wings? 
and he, you know, he speaks Spanish and English isn't his first language. So he, we laughed so hard because he never heard that expression before, but I, I've personally learned over the years um, that I, I don't, I feel it's manipulative to keep someone like hot and ready in the wings. Um, and I've noticed that I've noticed when I've done it kind of subconsciously or unconsciously, like kind of um, keeping lit sort of a, a hot contact or, or an ex lover or somebody who kind of feeds my fire. And I really don't like it when my partner does it. Like I find it I don't know. There's just something that, and I had to really look at it because I was kind of this intangible feeling. Like I just got a sense that something was just off or weird about it. And so I'm always laughing with him. I'm like, don't, if you keep people in the wings, you're not all in. Like to me, it's a lack, it's a commitment phobia of not being a hundred percent in with your partner and just sort of needing this extra attention. Cause you're not, maybe you're not getting it from your partner or you just uh, need that to feel good about yourself. And I think there's a, again, a spectrum, like the pendulum swings from someone who flirts with everyone and, and kind of needs to feed their ego to, you know, some sort of healthy, flirtatious uh, energy just to feel alive and not feel, you know, dead to the world or <laughs> dead yeah. to your sex life or your um sexuality or sensuality so you know being in living in Mexico I I've had to deal with this a lot because it's such a flirtatious culture that I've had to find my own boundary between like okay this this flirtation is too strong and totally um like it's going too far in the direction of like, this is just um, playing with fire for no reason. Why? And normally it's a narcissistic trait of like just somebody needing to feel good about themselves and getting fed by the other. And then there's, I, I find there's a healthy middle where people are just, you know, enjoying each other's beauty, enjoying each other's, uh, you know, intimacy and sensuality, but also with clear, respectful boundaries of the relationships right like if you're you know, and able to like transmute any um sexual energies into like healthy dialogue and creative energy like that real transmutation of the energy in terms of staying connected to exes i feel like there has to be a really uh, healthy reason otherwise i think it's probably unhealthy like I've had ex-boyfriends reach out to me and I don't really see what the point is. Like we ended the relationship for a reason, right? So why, why would we stay together? And sometimes I can see like they're reaching out because they want to feel that like special spark that we had or that special energy I used to give them. And I just feel really strange giving it to them, especially because I'm in another relationship. And when I have stayed in contact with exes while I'm single, I realize it's kind of a crutch. It's like, oh, I'm gonna, I have these um, significant others in the wings again. Like 
in my wingspan that feed me with this certain intimacy or this special connection. So I don't really need to um, risk or, or, you know, make myself vulnerable to someone new. Uh, it's like yeah. some weird comfort thing. And yeah, at this yeah. stage in my life, I think it doesn't, it does not work for me to stay in contact with my exes. It's like keeping the past door open. So I'm not fully in my future, not even in the present moment. So, yeah. Yeah. No. I, and again, you know, and again, we're, we're always kind of making, taking actions and making choices that are either toward fear, right? Or toward love or exactly. away from fear or away from love is another way to say that. But um, when we're keeping connections, when we're in a relationship and we're keeping, you know, communications up with an ex that we've had sex with, I mean, with like somebody that we, you know, um, that's just a way of denying yourself the love in your current relationship. Um, it's a way of, oh, it's, it's also a way of um, conjuring up and feeding fear, you know, because you're, you might be afraid um, of this person you're in a relationship with. Maybe it's too good or maybe it's like something you've always wanted or maybe, and so just to keep safe in case they screw you over in case they hurt you and, you know, that you need to keep the, these other, you know, and then you call them friendships and come on, like, is it really and then yeah. if that if that ex knows if that ex knows that you're talking to them like that and you're talking to like three other people like that I doubt they'd even be talking with you you know and if they knew like how in love you were with the person you're in a relationship with or what you know it, it just there would be no point to it so these these types of things I think are dangerous games that um you know energetically keep people from having the love that they really want and alternately if you're if you're single like you were saying and you're keeping those relationships or you just have like a casual boyfriend or a boyfriend that maybe you think isn't that into you or, or like you're not it's not really going anywhere um and you're keeping communications then that's just another way of you know settling for whatever you have it keeps you from like really having the person that you want it keeps you bifurcated it keeps your personality split in half because you're you know over here feeding this thing and oh well just in case this thing over here doesn't work and then you just you know you never have to be as great as you actually could be you never have to step into the love that you're destined for you never have to actually meet your true love in those cases which usually you know people say they want but it's actually terrifying so um so i think it's a uh, i just don't think it's healthy it's a slippery slope i mean i think there's a few cases where communicating with your ex could be healthy like when the relationship you know you have a new split and there's a lot of emotions. I think sometimes you need a little bit of time, maybe let's say a month to, to gradually, you know, unwind some of the, to, to gradually unwind some of the cords that you have with them to just kind of stay stable and not kind of flip out, like to cut off your, your other half so abruptly. But but there's a time where you, I think in my case, I really needed to make a full cut because 
when I haven't, because I used to think when I was younger, no, I want to stay. I'm friends with all my exes. I love them. They were like family to me. Yes, they were when I was with them. And I can't really imagine my life without them. But then when I, when I've done that, I can't really fully be in the new relationship. And there's some sort of weird um, comparison that goes on where in, without wanting to, I'm, I'm comparing either my love or my attraction or um, different aspects of, of the man that I'm with currently with the ex. And I just don't like it. I, and it's not fair. It's not fair to them. Um, and it's not fair to the relationship because, uh, and I think a lot of people do that. Like they keep, they, I see many people like still best friends with an ex. And I'm like, if you don't have kids and you didn't really spend, you know, decades of your life with them and you have a deep history or a shared business or something like there's just absolutely no reason to stay in contact. It's, it looks and feels, I don't know, off-centered to me. I mean, I guess there would be an exceptional case, but for the most part, I think there's a toxic tie there that needs to be addressed. And, and I know, I know how you can, you guys who are listening can test this. Like if you, if your current partner, um, could see all of your communication and hear all your communication with your exes without any kind of um, discomfort, then it's healthy. But if there's anything you feel that your part, your current partner couldn't see or hear that you're doing uh, in secret or backstage with an ex, then there's a problem. There's clearly a toxic tie. Yeah. I think we lie, to our, we lie to ourselves all the time. People are always telling me, no, I need to stay in contact because of this. I'm like, well, no, it sounds like you're dependent on their needing you or you need, you're in a new relationship. They're still single and you feel that you need to like, I don't know, some guilt or shame or I don't know. Exactly. It's toxic. Yeah. So or it's better you like kind of split and do your mm -hmm. own work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, some people say like, oh, well, but I feel sorry for them or, oh, I, I need to, you know, or they're lonely or, um, or they needed help with something that is so dangerous. And that is so manipulative. And here's something that I've noticed that goes on a lot between males and females. So males want to feel needed and like they're the hero and like they're helping out a woman in trouble. They always want to feel like they need some damsels. They need women know this about men, especially the kinds of men that really feed on that stuff. Women know right away. It takes about one day of spending time with somebody to know that they're like that. So then an ex or woman, they will always reach out to that person and tell them like, oh, oh, this happened or oh, something happened with my mother or something happened with my father or, oh, I was brokenhearted over this or oh, my animal this or oh, look at this picture of my animal. Like they, you know, they do that. They're manipulating the man also into thinking that he's doing this for them and he's special when really they're just trying to keep that man on a string while they're probably having sex with somebody else or they already have a boyfriend. So they're doing that. 
so it's all very shallow, you know, and then, you know, and then, and the guy, like he's feeling great, you know, and the girl, she's feeling great, you know, they get that little narcissistic hit, right? So that, that can be very dangerous also, you know, and, and we all know like psych 101 is don't feel sorry for people. If you're feeling sorry for people, you are doing them a disservice and you are harming them. And yeah, like the difference between sympathy and empathy, right? Yeah. And it's a, it's a huge manipulation tactic and, and women know that, and they will use that in a relationship with a man. Oh my gosh, I need, I mean, it's the classic, you know, damsel or, oh, I'm upset. And when you know you're with like a caring man or a guy who's like really sensitive and feeling oriented, you know, they will do that. And a lot of narcissists are extremely feeling oriented, believe it or not. Like they actually, yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're astute and actually even more keen on feelings than the average person. Yeah. And I've had, um, my exes hook me by, um, them being like in an emotional turmoil and needing my support and, in the past, it used to work on me because I would feel sorry for them. I would be like, oh, you know, I'm the only one that that they could speak to like this, or I'm the only, and then I came to this realization, wait, what? So I'm a free therapist for them? You know, like they should just go find therapy, but I know them that they won't, and they do have very narcissistic traits. And, um, and I can see that's how they get my attention back because I've noticed every time I break up with a guy, he goes through this withdrawal phase of me not um, giving that love and attention that I used to give them. Suddenly they're like, wait, where did it go? Like, I feel this hole in my life or this void. And so they'll, they'll reach out and share things with me that used to get me to like engage with them. And now I'm like, no, I don't. I don't want to engage in that way. Mm -hmm. um, and it's been interesting. I've had to keep a really strong boundary of, about it. And well, I've asked my partner to do the same. And it, it's, been un, it's been uncomfortable for him, but I think he's, uh, he can see it now better, thank God. Because it was a bit of an issue in the beginning. I'm like, why do you need to be friends with them? Like, this isn't healthy for us. If, if they don't fully respect our relationship. And that's how I gauge it too. If my ex doesn't fully respect the relationship I'm in at the moment, then they definitely don't have access to me. Well, that's a nice thing that you guys could work through that. And uh, it's really important to to lay those boundaries with your partner and be very clear because some people just don't even realize what they're doing. And especially if they have any, you know, avoidant traits or if they've been through um, a situation or had a broken heart or they're trying to avoid love or they're commitment phobic and stuff like that, they'll they'll keep those situations going because it keeps them from fully engaging. In the yeah, and they'll lie, they'll lie to themselves. They'll be like this inner lie, like, well, it's because, you know, I, I believe that cutting people out of your life is bad, or I believe it's healthy to stay in good relations with my ex. And I understand those beliefs, but I think you need to um, 
you know, test them out and say, is it really healthy? Like what is actually a healthy relationship with your ex? And, and notice like, okay, well, can this conversation be fully transparent with, and can anyone listen in to this conversation with my ex and feel good and respected? Like their current partners, your current partner. And if so, then maybe, maybe it is healthy. I'm not saying like everyone needs to cut off with their exes. I mean, certainly there's co-parenting and stuff that, you know, maybe a good relationship is healthy. Like my, my partner's um, parents divorced many years ago, but we still spend many um, holidays with them both, but they're not best friends. I mean, they do show up and support each other because he's the, you know, they, they have the same children, but it's not like they're chit-chatting every day and hanging out and there's space for their new relationships, but clearly it causes problems in the new relationship. You know, like the new wife doesn't like the old wife. And so therefore she can't be there in the Christmas celebration because the ex-wife is, and that to me is like, okay, there's something wrong here and toxic and unhealthy. Like it's good to yeah. give permission, but something something that the man is doing in this situation isn't healthy because why are the women unable to sit together? So men listening, if you can't have all the women you love in the same room, you're the issue. <laughs> you need to, you need to help women come together, not um, separate them. And same with the women. Like if your guys are having, if you can't have all the men you love and who love you in the same room, it's your job. I think it's, it's your job as the, as the common denominator to build those bridges and make sure everybody's comfortable and healthy. Yeah. Otherwise you're, you're doing something probably narcissistic. Yes. And then on another note on that is I don't really know anyone who could do that. Like it's very rare and it would have, and it would require special circumstances because there's no way people are going to feel comfortable without, unless they're lying to themselves and denying it on some level, like in, in depending, you know, but I think just energetically speaking, that's also important, you know, how much, uh, what kind of electrical charge is in that current, in the relationship with the person you're still talking to. Like you said, you know, they, someone might call or keep in contact with you and then you get that same kind of feeling or it does something for you. So, and some connections, there's just nothing there. There's just absolutely nothing there. I think that's rare though. And I, I think that, you know, still you might feel um, like you're a friend but the other person might have an agenda and they might be so good at looking like they are so sweet and wonderful, but they still have some kind of agenda, whether it's to get you back or whether it's to keep other people at a distance from you or whether it's that they're hoping they're going to be able to have you someday or they just want to feel still like they were the most special person you were ever with or, you know, just these kinds of things. So I just think that, yeah. yeah and I think a lot of times feed off they feed off those um memories from the past whether it's you know through fantasizing and then it, i think when we do that it keeps us stuck in the past and mm -hmm. unable to find that joy in the present or in the future because we're just keep reliving 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 something that 
um, you know, was an amazing high or an amazing experience in the past with someone. And if we want to create sacred love, right? I mean, you guys who are listening, if you disagree, like, just ask yourself what kind of relationship you want to have. Um, I think that's what dictates these sort of decisions. And also cutting someone off doesn't need to be some like grand gesture. It could be a very simple, you know, like, I'm not available. I need to focus on my relationship. You know, I love you. I care about you, but I don't think it feels good to be friends right now. Like I'd rather, you know, I need to move on. It doesn't need to be some huge dramatic statement or blocking on Facebook, but you might want to. I mean, yeah, I just want to encourage you that it's okay to cut ties. And sometimes it's absolutely necessary, especially if you can't move on. If someone is still kind of dragging um, toxic energy on you or trying to own your sexual energy and you've moved on, like these are really uh, important things to clear. That's a really important two things you just brought up is, you know, people owning other people's sexuality, like that's kind of a hidden unconscious thing that most people aren't aware about. I'd like you to speak a little more on that. And um, also, uh, what was it you just said? What, what was the thing you just said about the point you just made? Because you were kind of freezing, but I wanna, I wanted to elaborate on that. Yeah, well, the owning of sexual energy, you know, if you had really strong sexual chemistry with an ex and or if you met your twin flame, a lot of twin flame relationships do this where they they possess you sexually and they don't want you to be with anyone else. And they kind of um, maybe even unconsciously vampire off you. Um, your sec they siphon your sexual energy off of you so that they can kind of keep feeling good or feeling that deep high. A lot of people also have this with like past karmic soul connections. Um, so the relationship is like very heightened and intense and passionate, but probably highly toxic and dysfunctional on a day-to-day -day level. And those relationships, when they end, um, they we have to clear those ties and really reclaim our sexual energy. Otherwise they're continuing to like siphon and toxify your current relationship. And I think it's done purposefully. So we have to examine if you're doing that to stop doing it, it's not okay. It's a misuse of power. Um, and if anyone's doing it to you, like really reclaim your sovereignty and call back your energy and stop feeding them or giving them doorways or windows to climb through. You know, sometimes answering text message. For me, I've had to cut off quite a lot of people. Like if you look at my Facebook block profile, it's quite large. And some of those are stalkers. Some of them are people just have, I find are very unhealthy people that constantly try to vie for my attention and I think we just have to be careful. Like, so it depends, you know, like who you are and what you do and how you run your energy. If you happen to be someone who attracts a lot of narcissists or um, toxic people, then you definitely need like extreme boundaries and everyone else needs to define what well, we all need to define what our boundaries are and sort of yeah. keep that containership clear if we really want to experience the love and connection and intimacy that we know is possible and that we truly desire because we all desire it. Um, some yeah. people give up. Some people think like 
it's not for me or yeah so even if we've gone through so much like it even if you've met your twin flame like I hear this a lot about the twin flame thing twin flame is a trap like (laughs) there there's very few um twin flame relationships that can exist in the physical plane it's a soul connection um you're not necessarily meant to be with that person romantically uh if you can harmonize and clear everything with them then you're doing your job um Mm. like that's the reason we incarnate at the same time but it doesn't mean you you own each other or a lot of darkness can um we have to work through a lot of stuff in twin flame connections or big soul contract connections. So when those connections happen, it can get so um, difficult and sticky. And I highly recommend people reaching out and getting support with that because, you know, we're talking multidimensional issues, right? Yeah. but these are the like hidden agendas behind um, sexual encounters and like really claiming love as something that we all deserve and want and need and how can we stay in healthy connection um, and not keep repeating like negative patterns and and really taking those courageous steps to if it you know cut the toxic ties and do it in a healthy way um, yeah. and um, I remember when, when you're ready well did you just say when you're ready yeah because I think some people cut too soon and then reopen it. So it's like some drama, right? We have to get out of the drama loop. And, um, you know, when you're ready to claim love, claim love fully. And we have to look and take uh, inventory of what it, what we are doing. Yeah. So I, I remembered one thing that I wanted to elaborate on that you were talking about, which is that it really doesn't need to be a big complicated deal you know and when people think oh it's but how can I do that or how you know and it's really simple it's just a simple text let's uh you know I'm I'm in a relationship I love this person I want to give my all to this person so I'm sure you understand there's I don't really see a point in us having these conversations anymore you know or so because the thing is that person that you send that to they are instantly going to feel truth there is no two ways about it they are instantly through every cell in their body going to understand what you're saying unless they're psychotic or personality disordered they're going to fully understand it you're not going to hurt their feelings you're not gonna i mean that it's they're going to get it and know that you're doing them a favor. So this whole conversation, I just wanna say, and we have to wrap up. So I just wanna end with this whole conversation is, is with you know the idea, which is my motto. I always say every, every action, everything I do and I think and is for the highest good of all, my highest good and the highest good for everyone. So when you're you know having these boundaries and And when you're willing to stand up for yourself and ask for these boundaries to be met, this is for the highest good of all. And the person will meet you where you are. And if they don't, that shows you clearly that they are not somebody that you need to be putting your energy into any longer. 
you know, if they're going to fight for somebody else that's, you know, some ex or something, that's kind of weird. So this is about, you know, the highest good for all involved. Because what I want to see as the queen of hearts is I want to see people moving toward love fearlessly. And, and when we're doing these things, we're not moving toward love fearlessly. And we're also keeping other people from moving toward the love they could have. Yeah, and love is respectful. Yes. Yeah, so good luck, you guys, with your cutting of your toxic ties. Let us know in the comments if you have any further questions for us or want to share your experience. We'd love to hear it. Until next time. Bye-bye. To learn more about our life-enhancing courses and transformational retreats, visit knowtheself.com.